Welcome to She Means Business with FNB. My name is Nicole Sykes and we are here to celebrate the phenomenal women we have in this country. Hopefully their stories will inspire and motivate you. So stay tuned and enjoy. Hello to all of our listeners today. So we are really privileged to have Aarti Tarkudin with us, who is the currently the CFO of the, the JEC. And um, Aarti, you've been with the, the JEC and the CFO and an exec director there since 2013. So before we delve into that, welcome and um, thank you for joining us today and really looking forward to chatting to you. Hi, Nicole. Thank you so much um, for having me. It's lovely um, to chat to you. No, thank you for your time. We really appreciate it. We know you are an extremely busy woman, and we are very privileged to have you have you today. Um, before we get started, please maybe tell me a little bit, who is Arti? Well, that's an open question. Thanks, Nicole. Um, so I am um, someone who loves and is passionate about what I do. So I find uh, what I do every day at the JSC. Just really, I can't describe that as work. Absolutely love what I do. And I find that super important to love what one does. I'm a mom, a single mom of two beautiful kids and very easy kids, actually. So I'm very lucky in that regard. I prize time with family and time with friends. Um, and I suppose that's re-energizing. That, that, that gives you that, that energy to pull from to focus on the day, I guess. Absolutely. I, you know, I'm quite principle and values based. So I find that that is my North Star really in many ways is is my top values in life and my, uh, uh, you know, what's important to me. So Arti, tell, tell me, um, you've had an extensive career. Um, what made you choose the career path that you've embarked on? Nicole, it was really not uh, deliberate at all. I, I largely just I always say I fell into the profession um, because my mom suggested that I, um, after school, uh, you know, work for an audit firm. Um, and it was only because she was working at um, a Chinese-run factory, actually, at the time. And she said, you know what, there's this group of people that sound really great. They speak really well and they dress really well and everybody's yeah. afraid of them. <laughs> and they're called the auditors, so you should work there. And I thought, everyone is scared of the auditors. I've been wondering. Yeah, exactly. I thought I've been wondering what to do. So off I go to the audit firm, uh, all the audit firms in town, in fact. And um, I was fortunate to be accepted to all of them. And of course, I chose the, to work for the one that audited my mom's um, uh, employer. And they asked me if I wanted articles, and I said, well, how much does that cost? And they said, it's for free. And I was like, of course I want articles. I had no idea what I was signing up for. <laughs> and then that's how I started um, studying through UNISA. And I served um, my articles uh, with Psyche concurrently. Yeah, and that just, it was a big workload, but it was the benefit of that was it fast-tracked my qualification. Yeah. That was great. And and do you have any regrets about doing that, following your, your mom's advice? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I mean, I can't say um, it was my dream and my passion. My dream and my passion was to be an entrepreneur uh, at the time. But I regret absolutely nothing because it is for me, my profession is a, is a vehicle to be able to live my dream and to be able to serve. And 
so that that serving is along the lines of serving my purpose and you know before uh, we started chatting i was reflecting on purpose and i thought it doesn't matter what uh um what's the word um, vocation one finds oneself in or one pursues i feel as though you can use any job title any role um any level of seniority to be able to serve your purpose as long as you know what that purpose is in life i hope that makes sense i know it sounds quite up in the air but honestly i believe that no i i completely agree with you because if you're not if you are not living your purpose and and you don't know what your purpose is how do you get up every day and make a difference in the world or make it make a small difference in somebody else's life um i think it's it's a really important path to to travel on otherwise you just you know you wake up you get on that hamster wheel and you you go to sleep at night and you know what what is the point of that you can't you can't have any impact um so living one's purpose is something i believe in quite strongly as well and it it makes your day a lot more um i think productive a lot more impactful um and and you get to share that with those around you Artie, at the time you joined the JSC, you were the youngest CFO. Tell me about that. The pressure must have been immense. And how did you handle that? Nicole, the interesting thing for me is I, up until that point, I had already been used to being the youngest in the room and already used to a number of prejudices. So I often say to people at any point in time in, in my career, including to date, I can choose one of various discriminations that could be laid um, on my door, like ageism, gender bias, um, ethnicity, racism, any of that. And the truth is, if I choose to get absorbed in that and allow it to affect me, then I feel as though I've ended the game before I've even started it. And, and, and hence, my uh, guiding principle has always been to ignore it. If you ignore something and move on and play your own game, so to speak, you don't really empower that negativity that comes from discrimination and that. Um, and so that is one way I handle it. I actually don't uh, give it any regard whatsoever. The second way I handle it is I know that if you put your head down and deliver and prove competence, I've found that you know, whoever uh, the, the most biased people or the most high, the highest level of prejudice goes completely out the window because nobody lays prejudice against somebody who's fully competent and earns their space um, in the room. And so, if you prove that, or, and that comes with time, um, mm. you win the trust and respect of people. Yeah, it comes with sacrifice, but it's 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 you know you you're hired to do a job, right? And if you if you actually do that and do it at levels of excellence, then um, you win the trust and respect of you know, your stakeholders and your colleagues and the people around you. And for me, that is a recipe to be able to just uh, destroy any discrimination laid on you. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, you know, that, that sacrifice that, that you have to give up is, you know, the long-term gains you get from that are way outweigh um, what you, you have to give up for a short period of time, I guess. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, th- thanks for that, because I, I think a lot, of, a lot of young people also coming up through the corporate world are 
are finding, you know, the pressures these days are, are immense and there's so much talent and so much competition out there. So how do you distinguish yourself and set yourself apart from, from the, the others in the room that are also fighting for that same space? I, I touched on it a little earlier. I think playing your own game is so, so important. So don't subject yourself to another person's game you know everyone's got different lives different ambitions different uh backgrounds and stories and so you really need to just immerse yourself in your own especially the forward-looking ambition so for me clarity of purpose and clarity of where you're going in life is is key play your own game uh, in that regard and i think stay true to yourself as well absolutely and and I i think that's part of that and the other thing for me is and it is linked, is an obsession, an absolute obsession with excellence. So you really can't afford, especially given the competition that you referred to in this world, you cannot afford to be operating at mediocre. Now, that was one of the funny things about, or strange things about my profession. At the very beginning, I thought, "Mm, to be an accountant, that's not very sexy. That's not very entrepreneurial, that's you know quite restricted, all of that. And then I thought, hang on, if I'm going to subscribe to this thinking, then I'm not going to have fun and I'm going to leave a lot of value and excellence on the table. And so I, I decided not to subscribe to that negativity and thought, well, how can Change I work within my career, mm. correct, within mm. my career and make sure that I have fun at the same time, but also deliver excellence. Yeah, because I think most people look at look at accountants and think, no, that's not a career path I want to want to go through. And and I've actually tracked your career path, and and you you have you've had a lot of fun. You've done some incredible incredible work. You you get to explore um, things that fulfil your purpose. Um, and I think working something like the JC, which is the Johannesburg Stock Exchange, um, for those listeners that that don't know, is that you get to work with different companies, you get to immerse yourself um, in them as well, which I think is makes your day completely different every single day. And, and I think that then drives your your enthusiasm for that excellence. Aji, I mean, what are the, some of the challenges that you've faced sort of working working your way up in, in the corporate world? Um, and especially with these larger listed entities, what 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 sort of things have you come up against that you would say um, have been have sort of molded you and your path? I think one of the biggest challenges for me was being able to solve for what is my duty of leadership, and if I have got the exposure or the privilege of the exposure to what the JC allows an executive to be exposed to then what am I doing with that privilege? And that challenge, I think, you know, is not unique to my role. I think all of us can, can, can challenge ourselves in that regard. And I ended up thinking, okay, so how do I use my leadership position in order to influence um, topics, agendas, um, in interactions, in a positive manner in order to progress whatever you know problem solving there is that's close to my heart that's the other thing is uh, with that challenge is you can't really solve for world peace you've got to solve for what you are you are passionate about because that's when you show up best and uh, the challenge for me was to unlock that in my mind to think 
how do I use uh, my voice in an effective manner in, in order to influence some macro um, issues? Uh, but the first thing was to put my head down and make sure that my keeping the lights on, keeping my keeping the lights on job was um, done and done properly and done at an excellence level. And then the next thing was to um, was to look at how do I influence. You, I mean, you've raised a very good point there because I think it's it is people's duties to when they get into a position where they can influence is to make use of that and to to actually have an impact and make a difference because you you've been given that opportunity and now how can you how can you grow that how can you make a difference have an impact in the communities in your societies that you that you work in um, and I think for somebody that doesn't take that opportunity is a bit of miss. Um, so yeah, I, I I commend you on on the work that you're doing because I know you've been you've been actually nominated for a couple of awards for some of the work you're doing and you were also one of the the young um, under thirty leaders um, and have been invited to Davos. So maybe you know, tell me a little, a little bit about that and your experience there and 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 how that came to be. Davos, oh my word, that was <laughs> it was mind opening. I mean, it was like being in a movie or in a Forbes magazine, actually, live. <laughs> it was amazing. So just mind-blowing. I mean, the experience itself for a South African to you know, go into the extreme minus temperatures in Switzerland and just to have that experience to start with is amazing. And then the overwhelming interactions you have from 6 a.m. until midnight, just nonstop in Davos is just is off the scales. So I had I, I consider that one of my highlights in my career. And the kinds of people I met was just, uh, it was, I mean, it was all, I was in awe, like I struck the whole time. Um, so Davos was really cool. <laughs> yeah, Davos was really, really cool. It was, uh, but again, op- mind opening. And then, when you interact with such amazing, I mean, this is 1% or 2% of the top leaders of the world in one spot, you interact with that level of uh, where the leadership, uh, global leadership, you know, I actually found that the consequence of that was humility because, because they, they lead in their roles with such humility and kindness and just basic human type of uh, uh, behaviors that, you know, that was a great lesson for me was to say, okay, um, you know, I, I see what it's, you know, I can, I can see why they are where they are and, you know, I can see, and then I found that really inspiring. Um, So that's one of the key things I took away from Davos. Are there any other career highlights that you, you would like to mention? Not really. I, 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 I can't think of any immediately. I mean, I think when Julius Malema and his 10,000 Red Parade friends um, marched to the JSC, it was spectacular. And sharing that experience and supporting Nikki in going out and getting the memo was um, a a highlight for sure. Um, And just the whole experience of a march of that magnitude um, and what we did before the march, during and after was really um, something. I think uh, 
It, it was absolutely, absolutely. And then I, I think one, you know, I, I have many highlights across many years, and there's many, many highlights. You know, changing CEOs and transitioning outgoing and incoming, you know, really well in a slick, slick, slick manner was also a huge learning curve for me. Uh, I have lots of highlights from the various very high-profile board members and board meetings and strategy sessions over my career. It's, it's amazing. And then transitioning out of a role within my top values and transitioning into a new role within the same is really quite exciting for me. Yeah, so, so yeah, I mean, Artie, on that, you have recently um, been appointed as the COO at, at uh, AECI. So you're going to be leaving the Joburg Stock Exchange. So it's going to be sad, I'm sure, for everybody there. But you're moving into an incredibly exciting role, which is going to broaden what your purpose is and what you want to do. So maybe tell us a little bit about that. Nicole, it's really, really emotional and difficult to say goodbye to a special institution like the JSC after nine years. And as hard as it is, right? <laughs> absolutely. I mean, in fact, mm. that's what I said to um, the executive team: is you're not leaving an organization. We, I'm, I'm leaving family mm. uh, after nine years, and so I'm really grateful for unbelievable exposure and experience, and just great memories, special memories I've been able to bank over these years with the JSC. So, so Artie, just what what are your sort of I mean, you mentioned earlier about leadership being being something that's important to you, and you're obviously going to be taking up another leadership role as well. What does leadership mean to you? So, okay, so le- leadership for me is a responsibility to be able to serve, and the serving is for the people at the end of the day. Uh, there is nothing more thrilling, absolutely, there's nothing more thrilling than growing people. In my previous role before the JSE, it was just personally so re- actually more rewarding than the role I was going into was that my 2RC had succeeded into the role um, as FD. And, and that, is, that is such an incredible experience. You, you've, you've grown somebody into to step into your shoes because that's what we all want, right, is to, to actually outgrow what we're doing and have somebody that can take over and, and actually do better than us because you've, you've helped mold them and you've helped give them that experience and that exposure. Exactly. And leaders have got the ability to impact people's lives. And how we use that responsibility, as I said earlier, is so important um, and it can be so fulfilling. So that's what leadership for me is, is to take people with you um, is to impact people's lives in a positive way and just improve um, those that surround you. So, so Arti, what would you then suggest? I mean, I know you are a single mom of two amazing kids, um, and that's, but that also comes with the responsibility of being a mom, um, a carer as well. What, what advice would you give to working moms out there in order to, to manage that balance? I mean, is there such a word as balance? Um, I think we all try and get it right, um, but we don't often succeed. But what advice would you give to, to, to moms, to women that have, have got to try and juggle, whether it's children's responsibilities with children or other family members, how to succeed in keeping that, that balance and keeping things ticking over? You know, it's interesting. At the moment, there is a, a current conversation along the lines of balance and whether that ever exists or can exist. And if we're calling it the right um, 
if we're describing it correctly. And it's interesting. Cause I, I read, I'm sure as you have uh, read Indra Noe's most recent book, My Life in Full. And she does dedicate a couple of uh, pages uh, to this this topic of work-life balance. And, and she she actually offers that it does not exist. That concept does not exist. There will always be something that uh, competes and is, yeah, and is exactly, and that something gives uh, when the other is in play. I'm not sure about that. I, I, I can't comment on that. I hear the logic in it, but I feel as though we have to force um, um, some level of balance in our lives, especially as women. We have to, um, uh, you know, plan and build into our schedules being able to look after ourselves, being able to um, dedicate time for work, for family, um, fitness. And if you if you did that, I'm not saying we always get it right, but when you do that, um, then you show up more present in every aspect of what you're doing. And for me, presence is so super important. Um, so I try really, really hard to be present. And, and in doing so, I use a number of tools especially technology, use that all the time in almost everything I do. So I, I don't feel like we should feel like there's a prize for doing it the hard way. Um, we should, you know, if there is a smarter way of working, we should go ahead and, and embrace that exactly. So basic. I use, I really use very basic reminders. I use my calendar like crazy. My calendar is loaded for reminders, but it's also loaded for personal, uh, uh, you know, personal priorities and events, and and then work as well. So I am quite a slave. As a result, you become a slave of, uh, to your diary, but that's okay. It's it's something that that guides you in the day. Um, I, I have to just add something to that because people laugh at me. My friends laugh at me. I put calendar invites to them if we're having a lunch on a on a Saturday or something. I send them a calendar absolutely. invite, and it's just it's just right. an easy way to to run run your life. Hundred percent. I, I think that's absolutely right. I wish I was the, the you know the type of person that does meal planning that sort of thing. I, I'm just too spur of the impulsive to uh, to do that to be that structured. But um, you know whatever tool one can use, especially in the form of support. So I'm very fortunate that my mom lives close by and I you know, make her uh, support in my household work for both of us. Mm-hmm. And I think that's key is to have that support structure around you so that you can be more efficient, more present in what you need to do as well to have an impact. Exactly. So I do ask for help, actually. And that's important thing. Yeah, because I mean, a lot of women don't ask for help because we feel that we can we can do it all. We should be doing it all. Um, but you've raised a really good point there because it's it's okay to ask for help because in order to be the best that we we can be, we need that support. We need that help. So I love that that you do that, Artie. So what would you, if you had to choose a word for this year that encompasses what your thoughts are on this year, what word would that be? I like to call this, I, when you know, when we broke into the new year, I called 2020, 2022, I called it mine. Yes, <laughs> nice. Yes. I like That's that. That's my word, mine. Because often women, it's about everybody else and, and everyone around them. So I, re, I actually really love that word. I think I might have to. It's not, Nicole. I've had it. two really tough, tough years, really tough years. You know, with my husband passing away and, and just being thrown into um, seeing to my kids and then co- and COVID, all of that. It's just been so tough. I really just not um, enjoyed it. 
So, you know, as we turned into 2022, I said, this year's mine. Which is great because you can't pour from an empty cup. So if you if you have a, a great year for you, you can be a better mom, a better daughter, a better colleague, a better uh, uh, CFO, sorry, CEO owner. Um, and, and yeah, it makes all the difference. So it, could, it should be your year. Thank like you. It. Thanks for giving me 2022. Yeah, uh, uh, pleasure. It's an absolute pleasure. I know you're going to rock it. So. I'll share it. I'll share it. I'll share it with you, <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. I need it too. <laughs> you might need to call it ours. Okay. Uh, thank you. Thanks for sharing. Sharing is caring. You know that. <laughs> oh, Artie, I've, I've, loved, I've loved chatting to you. Um, what, I mean, if you, if you could change anything, I know you said earlier you wouldn't change your career path, but if there's anything you could change, just off the top of your head, what would that be? I wanted to... I wanted to be a full-time student at university. I never had that opportunity. <laughs> so I don't know what it's like to go to campus and oh, me, that sort of too. thing. You've also always studied and worked, right? I studied right? through yes. UNISA, exactly. Yeah. yeah, me too. So I always wanted to do that. When Stephen Kossoff heard this, um, when we were on a panel together, he said, that's it, I'm sending you to Harvard, okay? And actually, I did Harvard education last year. Um, and I was, during and lockdown, so you couldn't go to campus. Correct, it was virtual. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the oh, one no. experience I wish I had. So I'm definitely going for the reunion in July to uh, Boston. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, that, that, that's going to be. No, you're going to have to because that would be your um, your part of being part of that community, right? Uh, but mm-hmm. but typical that it would happen during during COVID <laughs> and and lockdown, so you couldn't get that experience that you so wanted. So you're going to have to I maybe know, put right? that into like into some future plan. You're going to have to do something else that you get to experience that campus life. And and yeah, <laughs> I love that. So Artie, what if you had if you had to look back on your younger self and you had three pearls of wisdom that you'd want to impart with your younger self, all the all the listeners and the ladies and listening to this call today and this podcast, what would those three pearls be? Okay, I think I, w- I would tell my younger self to put myself at the front of the queue more mm. often. Love that. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Instead of letting anybody else, instead of everybody else push in, come in front and yeah, I, I like that analogy. Yeah. I would yeah. tell my younger self to stop apologizing <laughs> and dumbing my success down. So all my ambition down, I would tell my younger self it's okay. Everything's going to be okay. Oh, I love that. I think those are, are three amazing pulls. And you, you obviously you only learn that as you experience life. And um, and I think you have, you've had the opportunity to do that. But it's always a good reminder that, you know, we, do, we are all human and that, like you said, we do put we do put people first. We put others first ahead of ourselves. I think, especially as women. So I like that that you you would put yourself at the front of the queue. Um, I think that's a, a great pull. And and yeah, then it's okay, you know, to to actually just just be and just yeah, just go go with things and things will be okay. Um, yeah, I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves as well as women. Um, so I, I really like those three pills. I think I'm going to use those three pills as well. You've given me you've given me a lot of um, a lot of tips and things to think about today, Artie. So I really appreciate that, and I'm sure the the listeners listening today would also really appreciate what you've shared with us. Thank you, Artie, so much. I've like I've really enjoyed having our conversation today, and just yeah, having a laugh, and yeah, just getting down to the raw 
raw basics um, of, of who you are, which is phenomenal. So thank you very much for sharing. Mm-hmm.